A trusted voice of truth and light. The narratives that mislead most of us aren't outright lies. They're the deliberate omission of facts that could give us a more complete picture. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. The world needs your leadership, and the essence of leadership is using your influence wisely wherever you happen to be standing. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, hello there, and welcome to the show. If you are a wrong thinker, whether you're a new one or an old seasoned one, you are here among friends. Come find courage and camaraderie. I welcome fellow wrong thinker Gary Welch today. Hi, Gary. Hey, Brian, and it's really nice to be here. And I want to start the show by thanking you. I want to thank you for not being a hypocrite. In today's world, it just seems like the hypocrisy has gotten to the point of being stupid. I mean, just ridiculously stupid hypocrisy that is so obvious and here you are, you're you're one of these just individuals that's out there. And this is right and left, too. I mean, there it's going on both sides of these things of, of the of saying one thing, doing another, saying you represent something and then not. And it's so refreshing to have somebody out there that's just saying, here I am. This is what I do. This is how I do it. And I'm good with it. So you're very kind. And and you've also set the bar high, so thanks a lot. No, I, <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you one thing where I've really fallen down, though, and I don't want you to be too disappointed. I hope you will still be my friend after this. But, Gary, I have not posted a vaccination selfie. Oh. I feel like I've dropped the ball. Now, I haven't had the vaccination either, and and... Frankly, I think I'm going to choose to remain in the control group for the time being. But um, I've sure seen a lot of vaccination <laughs> selfies. Uh, I just uh, I I understand that it's for a lot of people. This is this is, you know, a symbol of, ah, oh, finally, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. But I'm having some doubts uh, about where all the whole vaccination thing is leading us. And I hope that you and I can can have a pretty serious discussion today about things like vaccination passports and so forth. Um do you do you mind me asking? Are you going to get the vaccine? I think I am going to. I, I think I'll get uh, when they when the single shot. I want the Johnson and Johnson, um, but they've got to first resolve the. I know it's a minor minor issue right now in Australia where they were talking about that they had some blood clotting issues and things like that. This is the one they just uh, paused, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. But I don't like the I don't want to get two shots. I only want to get the one. I'm not a I'm 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 okay with vaccinations, and we, we might bring this up a little bit later. But uh, 20 years in the military, people sticking things in your arms with just like a, a you, daily thing. You you've know? been there, done that. So it okay. is it's, it's not a big deal for me. But you know the the feel like the necessity to go get a vaccination. Nah, I've been exposed. I mean, really exposed by people who got infected within days of, of talking to, to my face without a mask and all that other stuff. Um, six times minimum. And I haven't haven't had the issues with it. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm already immune. All that so. good living is paying off. Yeah. Right. All that clean living. No, I I don't feel like I'm to the point where I want to get the, the vaccination, but I, I do find myself where I'm starting to feel my heels digging in simply because there are those, and I'm looking at primarily government officials or health bureaucrats saying, no, you have to get it. And, and in turn, encouraging businesses, hey, you should probably tell people you can't come in here. 
unless you're, you're vaccinated. I saw a gym in uh, uh, Pennsylvania yesterday. Unless you can prove your vaccination, you're not free to work out on our equipment. And I bet we're going to see that much like we saw the mask rules, you know, permeate throughout you know society. That concerns me because I, right. I could see that becoming a very strong tool to to influence people's behavior. And, and it just doesn't feel right. And I dig in at that point. At that point, then I would absolutely refuse to get a vaccination, even if I wanted to. I would refuse to do it simply because we would have to. I, to me, that would be a concession of my rights and privacy that I am not willing to make because going down that road basically just says, yeah, you could do whatever you want with me and, and I won't stop you. Yeah, it's I won't I won't get in anybody's way if they want to get the vaccine. And I'm not, I'm not going to tell them horror stories. I see some stories pop up, but, you know, I'm very aware of availability bias just because I see a story in the news doesn't mean therefore it must be happening everywhere. So when I hear of somebody having, you know, a, a bad reaction to the vaccine, I'm not going to immediately, you know, impute to that. Therefore, everybody must be at equal risk. I know they're not. But this is one of those places I just want to see people use common sense. You know, the mask mandate, by the way, is is gone, or at least the official overreaching mandate is gone from our home state of Utah. Give me your thoughts on this. It sounds like some businesses are very reluctant to to lift some of those requirements. That was what I was about to say is I'm, I'm not seeing the corporate response to that. And I don't know if it's just simply because we live in a litigious society and we really got to address this issue. I, I think that tort reform is a much bigger cause of what is happening than than people realize. And we really do need to look at that. But I have not seen this lifting of it. However, what I have seen is more and more people not wearing masks going into these institutions where they're saying to wear a mask and nobody's saying anything to them. Yeah, I stopped wearing one even at, at stores where I know prefer, they've preferred to have people uh, wear them. But if they're not actively enforcing it, you know, I I just walk in without it and do my thing and leave. You know, it's I'm not there to call attention to myself. If by some chance, like walking into uh, Walmart. Uh, a few days back in, in Colorado, a little guy handed me a mask. Would you, do, would you like a mask? And I just took it and said, thank you. And, you know, held it in my hand as I walked away. And then when I turned the corner, stuck it in my pocket. And, you know, and I saw a lot of people walking around unmasked. I wish masks or I, I'm sorry, I wish businesses would adopt a mask neutral policy, meaning tell their, their patrons, look, if you Choose not to wear a mask. We'll assume you know what you're doing. If, on the other hand, you feel like a mask would be a wiser thing, go ahead and do it. But essentially, it would put it back on each person to decide for themselves what is best in my interest, as opposed to um, exercising this pathological need to control everybody else. And if corporations, especially things that are vital, like, you know, grocery, if if a gym wants, you know, if it's like a Every once in a while, a gym is going to say, you look, you have to have vaccinations and your quote unquote passport. I mean, you know, that oh, that goes so much into, you know, show it to your papers. You know, I I, uh, I just don't like that at all. But if it got to the point like grocery stores and and all hospitals and medical facilities and stuff like that, even at a corporate level, we're saying we're going to deny you services because you are not vaccinated. That, to me, triggers a major crisis, a major political crisis, because that is an intolerable 
that becomes to the point where either government needs to react and do something about it, or we need to do something about our government to make sure that we do something about it. The disturbing thing to me is these these private corporations, probably well-intentioned, are carrying out what government would have mandated or has suggested or mandated in the past. So in a sense, they're kind of partnering up with government. And I mean, I'm a strong advocate of of private property rights. I'm going to question, though, does a business retain all of those private property rights when it partners with government and becomes an enforcer of of government edicts? I'm just I mean, I'm not trying to start trouble, but you can see why I'm asking that question. If if these corporations have the power to make us do government's bidding, then I, there maybe there needs to be a separation of state and business. So you and I have had this conversation before, and I, I've always separated myself from free market people and, and that I'm not a free market person. I don't believe in free markets in the free market system. I believe in capitalism, in pure capitalism or true capitalism, as we call it. That is a system that I do believe in. And the reason why I don't like free markets, and this is just an example of that, you always think that large corporations are not in league with government and that they are fighting against socialism. And you're absolutely wrong. Large corporations love socialism. They absolutely adore it and they want it and they're going to promote it. So, you know, you, we, because of that, we got to really watch them as much as we watch government. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I call it crony capitalism which unfortunately most people, when they hear the term capitalism today, they think of exactly what you're describing. Oh, yeah, the fat cat's in bed with government. But uh, but that's not what, what capitalism really is. You know, at Correct. Least, I mean, I appreciate you defining the terms because it's, it's easy for people to hear the same term and, and think of something different. When we come back, I want to talk with you a little bit about uh, some of these restrictions coming off, Gary, and specifically how states are responding. Um, Some are looking to limit their governor's power, perceiving that there was a problem. It's crazy how many don't really seem to see that there was any problem. And I'd like to get your take on um, why that is and what we ought to be able to do about it. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Gary Welsh is my guest. So we're talking about some of the COVID restrictions coming off. Gary, I celebrated a little bit uh, prematurely, perhaps, but... uh, You know, I started living my life normally a a little while back, at least as normal as I can. Um, Not every state has responded the same, though. And I just I'd love to get your take on what kind of what encouragement, what discouragement are you feeling as you look around at the various restrictions being lifted? Can we point to some success stories? Can we point to some things that, that we can learn from? What do you think? I do believe and I've said this all the time. I've been very consistent, even from the very beginning in that we have to give it time 
in time, people are going to wake up. There's always in crises like this when we were dealing with something that we don't know, whether that's 9-11 or an epidemic or, or just these kind of things where we're not sure and we don't know what's going on. We go into a loss of reason phase. And this happens time and time again in history. You just lose all reason. You go into fear mode and you start doing stupid things and you stop thinking and start reacting and you allow things to happen. But typically what happens is you come out of that phase and then you start looking back at it and then you start becoming the people become very critical of what's going on. We are now starting to see that and especially in states like, you know, Texas and Florida that are not only lifting the restrictions and opening everything up, but being very vocal about it and very demonstrative of what is what is happening. They're they're pointing to that saying, say, look, all those threats didn't happen. Sorry, folks. It didn't happen the way they said that it would, which is now causing that doubt. That doubt is starting to rise up and people are starting to look at things. And I, and I do believe that there there is going to be a big pushback coming, especially this summer. I do believe that's when it's really going to hit hard because we have COVID fatigue. We are tired of this. We are done with this. And now we're seeing evidence to indicate, you know what? They did lie to us. They did re- overreact. They did the wrong things. And then these messages like you and I are what we've been pushing out all along, which saying, hey, we had more deaths than what was needed because of the, the bad actions of government, not the disease itself. Here, here. And there's nothing that frustrates me worse when I hear a news report where some reporter solemnly intones, well, you know, the government is trying to uh, attend to the economic damage caused by the COVID virus. And I'm like, hang on, sneaky. <laughs> it wasn't the virus that shut down the, the economy and, and imprisoned people in their homes or treated them as non-essential. And um, I, I do have this concern, though, Gary. For those of us who can see it, it seems really self-evident. Yeah, of course, government overstepped. They need to not do that again. There is still a very sizable contingent of, of the public that looks at that same situation and does not see anything wrong. In fact, I'm hearing talk right now. The, the outbreak or the number of cases, I guess it's the case count, is highest right now in Michigan. And I'm right. hearing I'm hearing people with, with a very serious look on their face say, it sounds like we need to lock it down even tighter. And I think they've learned nothing. They, they've picked up absolutely nothing from this past year. Well, we should never depend upon the media as, as evidence for anything. Uh, this is more of just a, a grassroots type of, of action that I'm seeing and activity. I see it more on the street of what is happening when you get side of the, you know, MSM media, you know, streaming of what's going to happen and you're looking at other sources, they're reporting these things to us. And because of that, we we should see these changes occur at the grounds grassroots level, but never think the media is going to change their narrative. I read an article two days ago where they were they were saying the imminent national expert on on health care Fauci, Dr. Fauci, with that, that's the term they use. And I'm like, are you kidding? I mean, that guy is a total idiot. How could you ever do that? But they're promoting him as such, you know, that that he's the expert. He's the the, the national voice of, of our health care system right now. 
And, you know, this guy's been wrong on so many levels. It's not even funny anymore. Yet that's what they're promoting him as. They're going to continue that narrative forever. Well, I, I, is there anywhere left free? <laughs> is there anywhere that people can run to where, where they can, can escape that kind of influence? Yeah, well, yeah, we we, we pointed out that there's Texas and Florida. Um, you know, there's the Dakotas that never really went and Wyoming and places like that where they always resisted. But um, I just have faith, I guess, in the American people. And I've, I've always feel like there's enough of us to do the right things. I don't think the majority even, but I think there is enough of us to create an influence and, and get things right again that are out there that, that are, they're going to be able to react and get things done. Does anybody put faith in Dr. Fauci still? I mean, I know he's still making the, the rounds and, and there are those who, you know, hold their breath whenever he speaks. He's like the EF Hutton of, of, uh, you know, the, the medical community, but I, it seems like I'm I'm encountering, and it's maybe just the circles I run in. I'm encountering people who really look at him as little more than a uh, the used car salesman version of a medical spokesman. He has been discounted so many times. It's it is ridiculously. Uh, I, I should say it's ridiculous for anyone to promote him as someone reliable. But uh, but again, I see this all the time. Like one of the things was. They were they they were good. They were trashing the governor of, of Florida when he was talking about his things that he has done yep. and the, the lifting of the rules and things like that. And they were that's where they came up with this title. Well, the national health expert, Dr. Fauci, disagrees with the governor and says this and this and this and this like his trumps the governor's opinion that his opinion was much higher because he's this eminent authority on what's going on. And this is coming after he has said things like, don't wear a mask, wear a mask. And he's saying something stupid like, if you're vaccinated, you still can't go into an indoor restaurant and eat dinner without being, you know, doing all the precautions because you can still get infected. Oh, really? Yeah, I was I, I think it most I think it wore thin for me. The snapping point was back around Christmas. You know, Thanksgiving, we were told, don't do it, don't go, you know, don't be around family for Thanksgiving, told the same thing for Christmas. And and it just sounds like this goes on and on and on. And and even now, you know, Dr. Fauci is among those saying, well, you know, he's like President Biden. If you behave yourselves, if you do what we tell you, maybe you'll get to hang out with your family on July 4th. It just sure seems like a lot of people are like, you know what, forget it. We'll take it from here. And uh, I, I don't know, maybe that's just maybe Dr. Fauci and that, that official narrative is still being trotted out. But I don't see a lot of people in day to day life that seem eager to embrace that. Your thoughts? Well, I don't know if you caught it, but um, in his statement about the restaurants and vaccinations that he's getting a lot of criticism for in that statement, he said, well, if you get your vaccinations, maybe in 2022, We'll go back to normal. Maybe. <laughs> that doesn't sound very encouraging. 
That, that's the whole thing is like, again, this, this hypocrisy and the contradictions. You guys said, get the vaccinations and this will take care of it. Now you're saying it doesn't. You said, wear the mask and it'll take care of it. It didn't. You said six feet distancing, social distancing. It didn't do it. You said, shut down businesses. That would do it. And it didn't do it. How many times do you have to be wrong and blatantly wrong before everybody wakes up and goes, maybe you guys don't have the answers? Yeah, I I'm sure there are some people who are hanging on every word. I, and actually, I, I know people who are like that because they get their 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 understanding of the world primarily from sources like CNN or um, sometimes even Fox News can play that game. I guess this is part of thinking outside the box. This is part of being a wrong thinker. Gary, when we come back, we're going to touch on a big topic. I know a lot of people are, are thinking about, and that was the shooting in Min- in Minnesota recently. The riots are back. Can I say that? I guess we'll talk about yeah. that coming up in just a moment. <laughs> this is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Okay, welcome back to the show. Hey, could I encourage you, please stop by my website, thebrianhydeshow.com. I especially encourage you, click on the daily show notes. There are always topics that I don't have time to get to, and I, I thoughtfully leave a link so you can check it out on your own time. There's also links to each of my sponsors and to uh, to where you can become a patron of the show. If you want to become a regular donor, you can also uh, subscribe to the podcast. Oh, by the way, before we go one step further, Gary Welch is my guest. Gary, I had the opportunity to speak in St. George on Saturday. It was a remarkable experience, but I, I just I want to, to give a special shout out to a couple of um, our listeners who asked, is there a way that I could uh, could donate to the show without having to go through the website donation process? And, and they, they were kind enough to, to donate right there. So I thank them. I thank everybody who makes this program possible. OK, Gary, let's let's talk about what's going on in Minnesota. Looks like uh, that uh, unrest, which kind of took the winter off. See spring in the air. What are we to make of this uh, this shooting of uh, what was his name? Dante. Dante Wright. Dante Wright. What are your thoughts? I assume you've seen the video. I have. And so um, to me, it seemed very clear that it was a mistake. I mean, she immediately indicated like that was not what she wanted to happen. Um. I I do I agree with a lot of the law enforcement people are saying that is a mistake that um, a veteran police officer should not make, but nevertheless it looks like it was made, and we have to account for things like that that they are going to be mistakes, and because it is you know where is it is it a mistake if it wasn't intentional if she did it just simply because she thought she was reason for reaching for a taser. And I, I do agree in a little bit with that. Yeah. You know, the grip looks about the same, it feels about the same and they have a trigger on it. Like, you know, it almost like you guys were almost predicting this, you know, you, you, you put a device that has this look and feel as a gun. What were you expecting? It, it was going to happen at some point or another, but on the same time, you know, it's like, she should have known better. She, I, I do agree that this is, negligent at, at, at best. 
But uh, here we go with the riots and nobody's nobody's asking questions. Nobody wants to know what really happened. Nobody's willing to accept that. Oh, we we know we know what happened, Gary. It was all about race, just like we've been telling you. Everything's all about race, or at least that's that's what I'm hearing from much of the media. MSNBC. No, NBC actually had the headline of, well, while he may have been pulled over for expired tags, his real crime was driving while black. That's what considers itself a respectable news outlet using that as a headline on a story. Gee, they they don't have a narrative to peddle, do they? Like nobody's been I've been pulled over for for not having my tabs. I think twice. And I'm not black. Um, it happens all the time because why? It's a revenue generator for them. I agree with the whole, you know, police force as as revenue generator for cities. I don't like that. I think it's a it's a bad policing and it shouldn't be done. But there it is to use this though as an excuse that this was a driving while black scenario. Exactly. No, 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 no. I ain't going for that one. No, and and I'm I think I probably come down more on this on the side of I think we over police a lot of things. I would like to see the police reined in in certain areas to where um, they are only used for things that actually involve harm to another person's rights or their property, as opposed to there's a lot of little uh, malaprohibita crimes that. You can get hooked up a lot easier than than you should. Having said that, though, um, this young man tried to flee from the police. He had apparently fled from them before. He had some history with police that was not of a positive nature. That doesn't justify his shooting, but it certainly adds some nuance to the situation of he was he was being pretty cagey with the the officers who in turn were very much on edge given the the current state of things in uh, Minneapolis and and, and in, uh, I'm sorry, in Minnesota particularly, because they have this fear of, uh, of rioting breaking out. And whoops, that just kind of turned into a self-fulfilling prophecy. And there is that component of police enforcement in that when you have a fleeing suspect, when you have someone that has, you know, not complied with what the things that you've said, it raises the tension level. It raises all of the, the adrenaline and things like that. And that is what's going to spark accidents or things happening. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to justify her and what she did, but yes, to simply say this guy was innocent from the very beginning and that he had nothing to do with the warrants that were out for him and that he didn't, you know, the expired tags were just the excuse for them to pull him over because he was black. Um, you're, you're trying to create a scenario that does not exist in reality. I like how Tom Cranawitter uh, sums it up. He says, first of all, he says, I don't know exactly what happened in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Okay, good enough. Neither do I. I wasn't there. But he says, I do know this. Every law, no matter how minor, will be enforced by government agents with everything up to and including deadly force. It's not by chance the word force is right there in the middle of enforcement. Wise citizens, therefore, instruct their representatives to minimize the laws they pass to only those necessary for individual liberty. That seems pretty on top of it. Now, he says, when government agents abuse power, the solution is to take power away from those in government while holding bad government agents accountable. Stealing from your neighbors, burning private property is not a solution to government agents abusing power. Stealing and burning just offers a pretext for more government agents to abuse their power. And then he finishes up with this idea that government has one 
fundamental legitimate purpose to protect the equal individual rights of each and every citizen. Many Americans have forgotten that. And he says they believe progressives who insist government should be Santa Claus, and therefore they seem surprised when government agents actually go after those accused of violating the rights of others. That seems like a pretty solid take to me. Anything anything you would disagree with there? No, not at all. Um, you know, and, and see, here's the other side of this thing. This is the same with George Floyd and and all of the previous deaths that have occurred from this. So like with George Floyd, I do believe that that officer that 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 was on his neck did it wrong and that he is responsible for his death. But even when it is totally you are totally in the right. Once you move into the violence and destruction side of things as response to that. It puts you in the wrong. It doesn't matter that you're 100 percent right. It doesn't matter that everything that you are standing up for is correct and it's the right thing and it needs to be changed. Once you move into that realm of violence and destroying private property that of people who had nothing to do with this, by the way, you are now you put yourself in the wrong. And at that point, then you've you've lost all credibility. It makes me sad because. It, it becomes a source of so much uncertainty, not just for the people who are out there losing their businesses and so forth, but for everybody. Um, you know, when you when you have to wonder if, next time we're driving down the freeway, what if we have a bunch of rioters, you know, blocking the freeway and, you know, we're forced into some bad decisions there or some bad yeah. de- decisions that we don't want to have to make. So I I'm not an authoritarian in the sense that I don't revel in authority and I don't encourage we should crack down at every chance. But there's times that I have to really wonder why isn't the the branch of government, the enforcement branch that's charged with keeping the peace and protecting people's property. Why don't they take it more seriously? Because it seems like they're they're either their hands are tied or they're being derelict in their duty. I don't know which. And I also feel that there this shows, though, that that is not what their intention. They're trying and this is a very uh, common Marxist tactic of trying to put roses on a violent act and, and the violence and the, and the harassment. They try to make it in terms, you know, dress it up to make it look a lot better what it is. What it really is, is coercion. And here's the problem. They're being successful. The, the, the you know, the Brooklyn Center police chief, Tim Gannon. He comes out and he does a, a conference with everybody and he uh, and he talks about the term riot and the news people start shouting him down saying, don't call it a riot. You can't call it a riot. And he's dude, I was there. I was having stuff <laughs> thrown at me. You weren't there. I was. And I'm saying it's a riot. Well, he's now had to resign because he, he basically called it what it is. That's given them what they want. That's what they're really after is trying to to sit there and get these results. I never dreamed I would live in a time where reality would be considered so controversial that if someone actually referred to reality, they they would you know have to be canceled, punished. You know, they, they've committed thought crime. I guess it, it becomes more clear with every hour, Gary, why we have to be willing to be wrong thinkers. That's just if you want to maintain a grip on reality, let alone right. make a meaningful stand on something. OK, we got to take a break. We'll be back with our final segment. Gary Welch is my guest. We'll be back right after this.
This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Gary Welch is my guest. And we're talking about uh, some of the goings-on in Minnesota, which uh, it's it's not looking great. I guess it's not just in Minnesota, though, is it, Gary? You know, no. there, there's, a, there's an opportunity no. to stand in front of the cameras and to break things and burn things. So this is happening in a lot of other places, too. When did it get to the point where we're not allowed to refer to something that involves uh, stealing, burning, beating, destroying as a riot? I, I'm I'm not sure when that when that definition changed. This um, misleading of, of reality and putting something, uh, you're trying to take something that is really dark and evil and putting it into such a good and noble light. Um, this is not, that's not new. This has been something that Marxists have been doing for a very, very long time of trying to make it better than what it is, put a noble cause to evil deeds. They've, they've been very, very good at doing that. This is no different of what they're doing. The problem that I have is that there is, even when they're addressing it, you see, it's like, you know, the buildings burning behind the reporter saying this peaceful protest, right? You know, you're seeing it and it's like, okay, you got to call it guys, you know, at least from the citizen point of view, I, I get the media, doing what they're doing. They're propagandists. So that's their job. But those of us who are watching that, we should be looking at this and saying, no, that's right. I, I, what's, what's happening in Brooklyn center right now, the things you have watched, the things I have seen, that's a riot. I don't, you cannot call that a peaceful protest. I don't see anything peaceful in it. Wow. I, I never thought I would be living in 1984. I really would have read that book much more carefully in high school when it was assigned to me. Had, had I known, it was because, look, we're trying to prepare you because one day you're going to be living with it. And, and this is the kind of new speak that you're going to have to be fluent in, in understanding. And yet uh, here we are. And t- this is probably the thing that causes me the most concern, Gary, is that there's you can't win in a situation like this. Not that we're trying to win. All we're trying to do is go about living our lives, but we have people who apparently have the backing of some very um, powerful individuals, some in government, many not in government, who are being turned loose on society in a way that is uh, breaking down any sense of peace and order that we were hoping to enjoy. It is, and I'm, I'm afraid for reactions of like, where does this lead to where, where are the next things that are going to happen? You know, and the, the two outcomes that I see are both bad. One outcome is that they are doing this so that they can then come in and step down and say, okay, it's gotten out of control. So we're declaring martial law. We're taking over. Um, we're, we're going to use more tyrannical needs to put down the riots and then the other side of that is, is that they really are being just as they're afraid and they're conceding to the rioters, of which case then the citizens are going to finally just say, you know what, enough is enough. If our government officials are not going to protect us, we are going to protect ourselves and we're going to stand up to this. Uh, as, a, as a member of the military, I've always been I've always had a mindset that 
I'm not there just to defend my own rights. I had a sacred duty to defend the rights of all Americans. And that's never left. My oath to the Constitution never said only when it applies to me. It always said that it applies to all Americans. Every, you know, every American out there, I am to defend that Constitution for them. And so you get the situation where there's a lot of others who are like myself who believe that it is my duty to protect my fellow citizen and to protect their rights and to protect their safety. That it's not just you, you know, I'm only going to act if you attack me and my family. But no, I'm going to be one of those people that says, no, as long as you are violating some other Americans rights, I'm going to stand up for them. Then that goes to the other side of things. Now we're going to have these armed conflicts coming out where we're shooting each other. Doesn't seem like a very neighborly way to conduct business, but uh, I, the the hard part for me is it's it's being done deliberately. I I don't see people like you and me wanting to go out and and take out our frustrations in rage either on someone's property or on other people. But clearly there are those who are trying to do it. There's a media narrative that not only apologizes for it, but tries to whitewash it. Um, I guess if you Google the term riot, you'll see lots and lots of images of the Capitol riot. But you see nothing of the peaceful demonstrations that supposedly are taking place today. And, you know, I know for some people, it's like, so what are you suggesting, Brian? Is it a big conspiracy? I don't know. That's pretty out in the open. Aren't conspiracies usually done in the dark? So right. that, that seems right out there in the open. My big question is, why don't more people recognize it for what it is? And why don't they see the hypocrisy? This is really what so I was thanking you in the very beginning of the show, being a person that is not, you know, being a hypocrite. This hypocrisy by our government officials, by the leaders of these organizations, by the these individuals that are doing these things, of saying this is not a riot, you know, that you go out there and you kill somebody and then you say, no, we didn't do that. That that wasn't murder. That was just it was an accident or whatever. This whole thing is this this hypocrisy is really confounding me as far as why are we letting them get away with this? Why are we allowing them to get away with it when it's so evident? Talk to me about, uh, you know, one of the driving forces here has been Black Lives Matters. And there was a very interesting little tidbit that came out in the press recently about uh, one of their leaders uh, who apparently has pretty good taste in real estate. Uh, she's she's the founder, actually, isn't she? Right. Yeah. I was going to say she's not one of the leaders. She is the leader. You know, Patrice Kuhn Colors, uh, a devout Marxist. She has been That's very in her, strongly- in her words. Yes, absolutely. She is promoting it and and saying all the things about how Marxism is the way for for blacks to achieve equality. That is the only way that they're going to achieve what they're having. And so, you know, again, this hypocrisy of promoting one thing and doing another. Uh, and look, she didn't do this secretly. So this wasn't like, yo, I'm going to do this. So you guys don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to, you know, try to hide it in a corporate show or anything like that. She flat out just went out and did it. She just bought four homes, one of them in Topanga Canyon, California, which is one of the really expensive neighborhoods. It's a closed neighborhood. Her house is worth $1.4 million. I, I, I have a problem with, that being in Marx's home, you know, unless she's going to put all of her people inside of it, you know, I can get that. 
And here's the real, the really funny part about this, Brian, it's in a closed neighborhood that is 88% white. Ooh, that's some pretty sweet irony. <laughs> ah, well, here's the thing, though, but, uh, you know, the media, which is so keen on ferreting out grifting and, you know, abuse and people who are predatory, they're not going to have a thing to say about this. She's untouchable. So well played. Yeah. Yeah. And here we go. She was open about it. She she didn't try to hide her or anything that that level of confidence that she has that I can do this and nothing's going to happen to me. Nobody's even going to call me out on it. I, I just really got a problem with this. Like, why aren't we calling them out? Why aren't we calling out the Fauci's? Why aren't we calling out these government officials that are doing these things to us? And it's so evident that this is wrong and they don't believe even what they are saying. Why yeah. isn't that being called out i'm torn between the desire to call them out and and to you know to cause a scene and i'm and and the other response is just simply to to turn my back and then do everything i can to make them irrelevant in my life i know that uh, one is is a more direct approach but um sometimes i think denying them that status you know and this is from the president right on down Giving these politicians status, I think, uh, feeds their need to be the solution to every one of our problems or to provide cover for individuals like uh, this founder of uh, Black Lives Matters. I just want to make them irrelevant, but it seems like they won't leave me alone. That's a problem. There's too many of them. That that is one of the issues with it. When you've got, you know, basically every federal government official, everyone in media right now. There's and then all these you know organizations, corporate America is jumping on board with this. That's just too many to ignore. Here, here. Well, I feel better when you and I get together and we talk about these things because I know you're coming at this from a principled point of view, and and I also know that you're an optimist. Underneath it all, and despite all the obstacles we're facing, uh, we stand for these things because they matter, and and they will always matter. Correct. Absolutely. And the battle can be won. The war can be won. Um, You know, just remember World War II. It started off very badly at first, um, and then it turned out really well for us. Gary, great to visit with you. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Brian. This is The Brian Hyde Show.